Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to She's a 10. How are you, Lori? I'm fantastic, Lisa. How are you? I do great. I've been doing a little training, so I'm a little... I know I'm still, yeah, we're, we're doing some training. So we're a little fatigued, but that's okay. It's good fatigue. It's building stamina fatigue, maybe muscle. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. All of the all, above. Yeah. No. Well, we so. got a great topic today. So uh, we do. We do. Today, we're going to talk about our financial foundations. And as women, finances and where we're at that with that in life is something that a lot of us shy away from. Not all of us but some of us. And I think it's important that we have a good idea of where we are for retirement, where we are if we have something catastrophic happen in our lives, say a death of a spouse or maybe even divorce, you know, are we prepared for those kind of things? Absolutely. And what I love about this and our our guest today is This is kind of an organic follow-up to an episode we did, season one, which was how do we care for our aging loved ones? And there is a financial component to all of that. And this is great because we're going to dive into it with someone who is a superstar at this stuff. Today, we have with us Melissa Northway. Hi, Melissa. Hi, thank you for having me today. I'm so excited. You damn well better be. Yeah. Okay. So- I, am. I am. This is my passion. I love, love talking about women getting vested in their own financial matters, whether they're single or married, divorced. Or both. Sure that we have a handle. Yeah. Okay. So Melissa, in fairness, everyone needs to know, I we've known each other like 35 plus years. So you're aging us, but yes, I, yeah. I so. yes, we were high school besties and troublemakers I, more times than I can count. Melissa still lives in Orange County. She is a licensed life insurance agent, also ranked number one. Can I brag about you a little bit? Ranked right. number one for agents at National Life Group across the country. She works at True Path Financial and Insurance Services and specializes in wealth management and preservation, as well as tax strategies for individuals, families, and businesses. And really, her mission is to help educate and empower women financially, which is so very important, as Lisa said. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So Melissa, why don't you tell us one of the things that we love to talk about on this show is how women twist and turn and reinvent themselves over time. And and you've had a a few of those, you know, last time we talked about a couple of years ago, you were a prominent mommy blogger. Tell us how you got into doing the work you're doing, and then we'll kind of dive into the subject matter at hand. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting today. My, as I mentioned, my daughter's graduating from eighth grade, and I was thinking about where I was when she started kindergarten and where I am now in those eight years. And I feel like I've had about four or five different lives. 
Um, I think it's important for women to realize they can reinvent themselves, um, that anything's possible. So I do like to share my story that, you know, you can reinvent yourself and you can be successful when you make a career change. So, so kind of backing up a little bit about a year and a half ago, uh, two years ago, as you said, I, I run a website, Dandelion Women. Um, it's all about empowering women. I realized that there was a real gap in financial literacy for women. Either they said, oh, well, my husband handles that, or I'm not comfortable talking about it. It was almost like a a dirty word, if you will, about money and finances. And I don't know if it was their upbringing or they, like they said, they just let their husbands handle it and they're not vested. Um, And it was kind of something that I was a little alarmed because as we all have met, several of our friends are going through divorces or went through divorces and they were on the other side of that and like, oh, wait a minute, maybe things weren't handled so well. And maybe I should have been a little more vested in my own retirement about it. Yeah. Like I said, about a year and a half ago, I I got my license as an insurance agent. I'm working at True Path Financial and Insurance Services. And I really feel you know, very passionate about empowering women and and reminding them that this is so, so important for them to be vested in their own financial future. Well, I think you touched on it a little bit, Lori, when you opened up about how uh, we have to think about our parents. We have to know what our parents want before we put them in a retirement home. And I think this is exactly the same thing. Waiting until we're in a life situation where we're under stress or we're under hardship is not the time to be finding out that our foundation of finances is not good or that if we separate or if things change, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. So getting ahead of it when things aren't like that is so key. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think one of the things that is a little bit alarming that I witness is that just like Lisa said, is we wait for something to happen or we're reacting to something. And it takes a lot of planning to retire. It takes a lot of planning to get our kids through college. And, you know, retirement is something that you have to work towards. And I think we put it off and we put it off and worry about it later until it becomes a situation where it's a hardship. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, when I meet with clients, one of the biggest things women tell me is I said, what does retirement look like for you? And a lot of them say, well, I don't want to be eating cat food in retirement. Oh, you know, that's a very, it's kind of, you know, we all kind of joke and laugh. Oh yeah. Well, me neither. But you know, that's a real fact in that I think I shared with you guys, you know, I think 60 to 65 to 70% of the poor elderly are women. So Mm -hmm. this is a real thing that we need to, you know, I'm not trying to be an alarmist by any means. My job in in talking with you ladies is more about, you know, hey, let's get vested. Let's see what's going on. Let's make sure we're on the right path Um, and then giving you strategies in which to reach your goals. Start us off on that path. If I'm someone who's walking through your door and I'm a 10 times five or maybe maybe I'm a 10 times four. Let's let's start there Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm very proactive and with my game. What do I need to address at that point in time? And how do you walk us through the decision-making process? So with our process, we're, we're pretty unique to the market in that we, um, each client who comes in and, you know, whether we do Zoom or in person, uh, we take them through a process and that's anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. I mean, I've had we go on for an hour and a half, two hours, and it's really all about you you know, where you're at, where you'd like to go and where you want to end up. And then where you want to end up, what does that look like? You know, retirement looks different for different people. 
you know, if, if I would ask you two ladies, give me three things um, that you'd like to see in retirement, it will be different. Brad Pitt. <laughs> John, John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so with that being said is what are the, the key kind of points that we need to address? Kind of getting back to the process. So we, we, we analyze the information you give us. I go back to the drawing board, if you will. I will do, then do a financial analysis um, based on the information that you provide me. And then we plug it into our system and we come out basically with the numbers. Are you going to have the amount of money that you want to see coming through the door in retirement? Are you on track for that? And if not, where are the gaps? Where are the holes? And then I come in and make suggestions and or recommendation based on, I think that was mine, sorry, uh, the information that you provided me. You know, where are your assets? You know, how much money do you want to see come in the door? What are your goals in retirement? You know, some people are going to downsize. I have clients who want to move to Portugal because I think they can live off of, oh, it was insane, you guys. It was like they can live like kings on minimal amount of money. So everybody's going to be different, but my job is to make sure I get that information mm-hmm. and come back with some suggestions to get you to where you need to go. And do you find that when people come in, they're coming in as couples or are you like, or are you working a lot with just individual women who are single or retired and maybe widows, you know, who do you see coming in and what is their level of sophistication with all of this information? You know, it's surprising that um, majority of people not, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't want to say sophisticated. They're just not that knowledgeable. Right. Um, That's what I mean. Like what's yeah. their, Yeah. 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 And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, they just haven't, you know, either focused that much on it, you know, maybe they are like, okay, my company will match my 401k. I'll do that. But past that, there's not a lot, a lot of planning, but it really, you know, varies. I mean, I've got a client, she's 26. She's, I call her my rock star because she's like the poster child of what we all should have done at age 26. Right. She's oh, I love that. Got like four different jobs. She's like, I mean, she's just amazing and, and she's on a fast track to being, you know, retire, retiring really early because she started planning at 26. And then I've got the 55-year-olds who are like, okay, we got to catch up. This is what we got to do. Let's start on that. Let's not get overwhelmed because that doesn't help anybody. Right. Um, you know, let's just, let's just chip away. I always tell people, start where you can, where, where you're at, you know, with, with your budget and where you need to go. So where's the most logical place to start? Is it with a 401k or an IRA account? I mean, if you're, if you're 26, you know, obviously it's 401k because it's, you're, you're just kind of socking away that money and hopefully your company matches your program. Right. But but what's the most logical place to start in preparation for retirement mode? You know, um, it will kind of vary on on who you talk to. You know, I work with the, some senior financial advisors. They've been doing this for 30, 40 years. So, you know, a couple of things that we we talk about, you always want to take care of the debt. Now, if it's student debt, that's a whole nother thing, but you don't want to have a bunch of, you know, credit card debt. That's ridiculous amount of interest rates. But it really, you know, what I kind of tell people, Lori, is is you really want to have these different buckets of money, if you will, come retirement. And basically what that means is that you want to have, you know, you want to have your real estate, you want to have your 401k, you want to have your 
your cash value life insurance policy. Um, you want to have these different buckets of money so that come retirement, none of us are really know what's going to be happening with taxes. We don't know who's going to be in uh, the admin, you know, the president and the administration. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure we have options. You know, if the stock market was like what happened last March, you know, and it tanked, we don't want to be pulling money from that bucket of money. Let's go over to our tax-free distribution life insurance product. Let's take money from there. Okay. So it really is kind of a strategy. I don't want to say it's a one size fits all, but that's kind of my job, you know, is taking people through that process and seeing what they have, you know, what they're contributing. Because if, if a company's not matching the 401k, maybe that money would be better somewhere else. Right. Until I actually see, you know, what's happening. It, it's hard for me to, to know. Um, but definitely- well, you know, one thing that baffles me and is I think, I think a lot of times we, we really don't forward think and have an honest discussion with ourselves, right? And we're relying on Social Security. We're relying on Medicare. We're relying on these programs that we we feel are entitlements. And I think a lot of people become vulnerable because they just don't cover enough or they cover us too late in life, right? right. So it's true. And, and, you know, I mean, we're of the age where Social Security, I mean, we don't have to worry too much about that, but it's also taxed when you take it out. And then if you want to keep it in longer, you'll have more money, you know, guaranteed money coming, coming out the door to you. So again, it kind of goes back to, you want to make sure you have several buckets of money and not, we call non-correlated assets where they're not going to be going, if the market's doing one thing, they're not going to be doing the same at the same time. Right, right. So you want to make sure you have that diversification. And then, you know, like I talked about with the tax strategies, it's really, really important to make sure that you have that tax-free bucket uh, because we don't know where taxes are going to be. You know, I mean, I don't look at it as a good thing, you know, but let's just make sure we have options. I think that's always, it's always good to have options come retirement. Can we talk about insurance for a second? (laughs) Thank you. I was, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Let's talk about insurance. And, and I don't, I'm going to speak for my, my experience in life. I know my dad was kind of this way, although he did have two policies that have set up nicely for my mom and since he's passed. But why are men typically so resistant to insurance? And I find like my husband's like, oh, it's fine. We don't need this. We don't need that. You know, he resists me on any time I want to increase any kind of insurance situation, like life insurance or annuity, you know, those kind of things. Do you find that to be common? in your office or conversations? You know, um, sure. I mean, you do get that, you know, and I'll kind of take you through what I tell people in that regards. I mean, have you found that too, Lori, where your husband, was he pretty, you know, as far as with insurance goes, is he pretty resistant or was he, did he see the value in? in Well, I think there's different types of insurance. There is, for sure. There's a tax offsetting insurance, you know, because what people don't realize is there is this thing called death taxes, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've got the, the tax offsetting insurance, and then you've got, you know, your straight up life insurance, which is a payout. And then you've got your long-term care. So there's all these different oh, elements of yep. insurance. And I think it adds up over time. And so I think you might see the value in one and not the other. Right. Long-winded right. answer to your question. So I think my, <laughs> my spouse and, and myself as well, you know, you kind of look at your financial landscape and say, okay, which one do we need to absolutely have? And 
doesn't make financial sense to have the other. Right. So one of the things that I tell people and I ask them during the process, and again, there's no judgment, you know, my job is not to judge or to say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you, you know, that's, that's not my job. My job is I simply ask them, if you were to pass today, are there people who rely on your income? They say, yes. Okay. Then we go through a whole, you know, how much do you need? You know, um, do you have debt that you want to have covered? You know, if, if something were to happen and you didn't make it home, do you want to have some of that money go to pay off debt? How much income do you make? How much income do you want to see come through the door and how many years, you know, for your kids and your, your loved ones? Um, do you have your mortgage? You know, do you want to pay off some, all, none? And then education for the kids. I mean, gosh, Lori, you know, with kids, how expensive it is. I mean, I think yep. just yes. school is around 26000 a year. And then that's not even private or, you know, so then we're talking sixty-four, $70,000 a year. So then I ask them these questions, you know, and then I... Then I total it up. Okay, you want to have this debt paid off. You want to have this mortgage. And then we add it up and I say, okay, this is the amount that you need. If you were not to make it home, this is how much you would like your loved ones to have. And usually they're a little surprised. They're a little surprised like, whoa, okay. I didn't think of it that way. So, you know, as far as resistance, yeah, maybe they don't see the value in it. But when you shift of like, hey, listen, do you have people who depend on you? Mm-hmm. What do you want that to look like for your family? You know, what is the legacy um, that you want for them? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's usually once they kind of shift their head a little bit and then shift their gears, they're like, oh, okay, I, I could see the value in that. But that goes also too, if they can't afford this amount, then we work with their budget because end of the day, are they better off with having this amount? Yeah, if something were to happen. And Melissa, don't you find that once you get the discipline to just push that money aside for either a plan, a financial instrument or an insurance plan, it's like once they get the discipline, it's they, they figure it out. It's it's that initial kind of like, oh, I don't want to part with that every month. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But once you, you know, I remember the first time, you know, because I'd come out of the military in my first corporate job. Interesting little tidbit here. When you live in Germany and you're in the military, you don't pay taxes. So when I first started working in the Bay Area, which California is tax crazy, right? And I got my paycheck. I was literally blown away. Like, where'd it go? That was the first thing. And then the second thing was when I was working and and they talked to me about the 401k and I was like, oh, I don't want to take that out of my paycheck every month. But once I started to do that, I didn't miss it. Mm -hmm. And two, it started to add up quickly because- we had a matching program, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I think it is really hard to initially part with the cash flow. Sure. That yeah. And that's, you know, that's where I say, you know, it's good to pay yourself first and paying yourself first could be paying yourself for your future, your retirement. So it is really something you have to get into that habit of, of doing, but, you know, kind of going back to the insurance question was, in the past, life insurance is just you have the death benefit, right? You have a death benefit need. Um, this is the amount and you pay it and you can do term. Term means, you know, it's 10 year, 15 year, 20 year, even 30 years. I have some. Okay, wait, slow down, sister. Can you walk slowly through that? Because mm-hmm. I think it, I do think it gets confusing. So life insurance and then there's terms. Walk through what that means. Okay, so you have with life insurance, you have term and then you have permanent. Term means, okay, let's say I get a 15 year term, which I did for myself. 
Um, I got a 15 year term. And what that means is at the end of 15 years, that money, if nothing happened, then it's like I, you know, it goes away. I don't have the protection. I don't have the coverage. Um, if something were to happen in year 16, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So then you have permanent, which means it's forever. Okay. So that what you can do with the term. And that's why I tell people get in where you can with what you have your budget, because we have the ability with our products to convert some part or all of the term into permanent. So I have clients who let's say, for example, Laura, you're like, okay, Melissa, I want a million dollar term policy, 15 year, you have 12 years to convert some part or all of that million dollars to a permanent policy. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure does. So, so what that means is that you'll be able to access this money because it's permanent. It's growing tax deferred and distribution. Let's say in seven, 10 years, you're just like, Hey, I want to take some cash out. I want to buy a rental property. You'll have access to cash. There's no penalty. You can do a loan. You can pay it back. You don't have to pay it back, but you have this cash product that's growing that gives you the death benefit. And then also this is, and Lori knows this is my best favorite part about this product. We have what's called the four living benefit riders. So the four living benefit riders means if you get terminal illness, critical illness, critical injury, or chronic illness, which is anything from MS, Alzheimer's, cancer, stroke, heart attack, across the board, and even long-term care. If you can't, two, if you can't do two out of six living benefit or living activities, you can access or accelerate the death benefit. So it's protecting oh. you in life. Yeah, it's protecting you in life. And then if you pass, that go, money goes to your to your loved ones. But this is kind of where the long-term play comes into play. You know, what you were talking about for like our parents and for ourselves. We're kind of at that age, ladies, where we have to kind of start thinking about that. Right. Like my mom went into a facility at 72 after my father passed. Um, and facilities are expensive in California. I think the average is like 160,000 a year. Yeah, that's about right. They're very, very pricey. So, so again, this is the called the four living benefit riders. So we are protected in life. If something happens, which we all know, if anything, this year's taught us, right? Like anything's possible, right? <laughs> like we couldn't have written this story. Anything can happen. So it protects you in life and you can put the risk of life happenings onto the insurance company because then you'll be able to use that money and it comes out tax-free. So walk our listeners through, let's say I want to do, I'll just quote you a million dollar, 15 year term. What's the going in rate? How does that, how does it, what's my sacrifice on that? Are you talking about like a term or I can tell yeah. you for if it's a 15 year term and, and assuming I, at some point want to convert it to permanent term, what am I paying? So I'll give you an example for me. Um, it obviously depends on people's health, you know, and age. You, never, mm-hmm. you never want to try and go for insurance if you're not healthy, right? You want to get it and get that locked in when you're healthy. So for me, um, I I got a $1.5 million term, 15 year, and I'm paying 200 a month. Okay. So $2,400 a year. Yep. Okay. What do you think, Roy? Were you surprised? Do you think it'd be more or less? I thought it'd be a little more, actually. 
Well, and this this is an example. Use me as an example. We have an insurance policy. It is a permanent. What's first to die? Yes. Okay. I don't even know how much we're paying for it. <laughs> so I am one of those women where I, you know, my husband is a former CFO, chief financial officer. He's a tax guru. He's a financial wizard. I am not, and I'm not a numbers person. So I defer to his expertise, but I'm, yeah, I'm here to tell you that I'm one of those women that needs to get their shit together. Right. Because if something happened, I'd be like, I don't know, digging through files, <laughs> Getting on the bat phone. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, wait, wait, what, what are we? Yeah. And the and something that I'll have on my website, you guys, is there's a form that everybody should fill out and do this together. Like what the policy is, how much, who do you contact, everything from your 401k to your life insurance down the list. So I will have a list kind of like a, I call it adulting 101. <laughs> Right. We all we all know like we're intelligent women. We all know we should have this, but many of us don't. So it will be a whole list. And obviously you put this in a safe place. You put it in, you know, this bank or or in um, safe deposit box or safe. You're safe. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you put it in your safe. And that way, if anything were to happen to either one of you, you are able to know immediately, you know, and this goes for car payments, I mean, house, everything. So I will have that available, Lori, for you guys, if you guys want to download it. And then it's just kind of like, hey, honey, if something were to happen, let's make sure we have this taken care of. Well, and not not just that, but what if it comes to both of us? Both of us. You know, I actually, um, I'm kind of a little bit of a, Sean always says, you're so freaky about this. Like I get, anytime we're going to travel together and we leave the girls and it started when um, I went to Europe in 2012 and I was so worried that if something happened, my family wouldn't know where to find all the stuff. So I put together a binder and I took every bill we had and I said, okay, this comes online here. And they, I gave them all my passwords, all my email, this comes paper, this comes by my email. And so they could go through the binder and know how, cause I was afraid they're not gonna be able to pay the mortgage next month. And they are already going to have to deal with us dying and all of this stuff. I wanted it to be a one-stop shop. So I put together this binder and every so often can, I will. Can you do that for me? Yeah. Well, and it's, it was all driven by that yeah. fear That's of the fear. the fear of my family, not my kids, not being able to be taken care of because my family wouldn't know how to access anything. And then when my dad passed away, he literally, before he passed away, he sat down with us because we knew he was passing and he, he was the most organized man. And he did exactly what you're talking about. And I love that there's a form for it. He had a spreadsheet and he went through all of his accounts because my mom was completely not involved. My mom just, this day doesn't, she just, we help her and do it. She was from that generation. I don't want to know about it. It stresses me out. So my dad showed me everything and he had it all right now. He made it so easy for me post his passing to handle his affairs. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's kind of your last, you know, gift. Mm-hmm. Two things. One is making sure all of that is organized because it's traumatic. I mean, I lost my yeah. father too. Um, it was sudden and he, you know, none of that was organized. So you can imagine what that was like. I mean, that was yeah. going here and there, you know, it was, it was pretty crazy. So yeah. How do you want this to look like if you were to pass? And like you said, it could happen. Unfortunately, it could happen to both the husband and the wife that's happened. You know, we have clients that's happened to just have that so that your family knows what is there, where they can go. Cause they're already traumatized. Right. Um, and then, you know, with the insurance, I do look at this as this is kind of your last love letter to your family, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you want that to look like? And, and for me with the ABRs, the four living benefit writers, it's kind of, for me, it's a no brainer. Of course, things happen in life. I want to put that risk on the insurance company, not on me and my family, because I'm sure you guys have known people who something happens and they had to sell their house or they had to, like my mom went through ovarian cancer at 51 and she ended up spending about 200,000 of her own money. Mm -hmm. Health insurance doesn't cover your mortgage. Health insurance doesn't cover your bills. Mm -mm. You want to put that risk onto the insurance company. I look at it $200 a month. I am leveraging $1.5 million is the way that I look at it. Um, You don't need 1.5. I have a young daughter. You know, I still got to pay for her education. Who knows where she'll be? Hopefully she'll be a rock star. (laughs) You know, who knows? She's a musician. So who who knows? You know, but I just wanted to make sure that my husband doesn't have to worry about that in the event that I didn't make it home. And I think the other thing, too, is the health piece, right? And there's nothing worse than shortcutting healthcare because of the expense. Right. You know, that added stress of feeling like, okay, I'm not going to put this burden on my family's finances, so I'm not going to get the proper treatment that I really need. You know, right. that's that's a huge burden, right? Yep. So the, the number one reason why people file bankruptcy is medical bills. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I know, and that's why I'm so passionate about it in that I know what this looks like when you don't have it. You know, my father didn't have the life insurance for my mom. My mom didn't have this kind of, you know, the four living benefits when she had got ovarian cancer. So again, I'm not trying to be doomsday at all. It's just like, this is just life. This is, this is life. We all know people who've had this experience. We know people struggling right now with this. It's like, life's hard enough. Like, let's not have that financial burden. Well, and and times have changed. And I think, you know, I kind of said it earlier and there was a time where I think we as a community within United States, right. Where we felt protected. We felt like we're going to be okay. You know, we're, we're, doing social security, there's Medicare. And now it's, it's just not, it's not a rite of passage. And we really have to think clearly through that because at some point you do want to retire. And at some point you, you are going to slow down. And, and that's my fear for a lot of people is that they're relying on something that is just a past tense. Yeah. And not as much as they need. Right. Yeah. Most people, and this is what I tell people, because I said, how much money do you want to have come through the door? And they're like, well, I haven't really thought of that. And I said, okay, well, do you want to change your lifestyle? Like what you're doing right now, do you want this to change where you have to either down, you know, you sell your house or, you know, move to another state? I mean, how many people do you know have to move out of state because they can't afford it here? What do you want that to look like? And then if it means you want to stay about where you're at, then we ought to do some planning and let's make sure that we can, we can make that happen for you. It could be, they have to work an extra couple years. They have to wait a little bit and and not take the social security till a little bit later. So they have more money coming through. Um, And then just putting more money aside, you know, as we get older, we have that ability to put more money into these different accounts. I was looking at your information online and one of the things you go through five steps women can do to improve their retirement readiness in one of those is that you say you can work longer, um, but also taking advantage of the automated advice, uh, sorry, I have my glasses on, automated advice. What does that exactly mean? Just, you know, there's a lot of information out there and I'll okay. 
have on my my website, you know, the different um, people who I would recommend. I love Susie Orman. Uh, I think Dave Ramsey, you know, he's a huge proponent of insurance, you know, and, and just there's a lot of information available who, with from very accredited and reputable organizations. Mm-hmm. So really just kind of make it a little hobby of yourself, you know, for yourself, like, hey, you know, there's some information, you know, honey, maybe we need to look at this. And don't be afraid to bring that to your husband, because sometimes even though you think, yeah, he's doing a great job, maybe he's not doing such a great job and he could use some help. You know, that way you're both on the same, you know, you're playing field that you're both vested in your future. Well, and I think sometimes husbands might assume that their wives aren't really that interested in it. So they'll just take the lead. And then, you know, by showing interest, that does a couple of things. One, that creates a common you know, conversations that you should be having anyway, but builds that part of your relationship. And also it gives you more knowledge down the road and it gives you more of an equal playing situation, if I, if you will. Absolutely. Ladies saw the information I sent with um, statistically, I I can't remember the age, but we eventually 80 to 90% of us eventually whether it be because of divorce or because of death of our spouse, 80 to 90% of us will be handling our financial, our finances anyways. Mm-hmm. So why not do it ahead of time when you're not in that distress and maybe it's too late to have been bringing in more money, right? Let's handle it now. And I'm not saying take it over from your husband. If he, like you said, Lori, he's, you know, he's a rock star. We, we want him to handle ours too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's, it's just you participating like, hey, I heard about this product. It will protect us if one of us gets sick, mm-hmm. um, injured or severely disabled. I mean, that happens. You know, even one of our agents, he, he um, you know, is a young kid. He jumped in the pool and, you know, he is our poster kid of life happens, you know, and that's why he got into this business. He wants to show people, listen, you will have this protection if you get this type of product for, for your family. And those four living benefits, those are in term and permanent. So they are included in both. Well, yeah. And and one other thing, just to add to all of what you both have just said is don't you find in a relationship that you have different needs and different concerns, like you might be more risk adverse to some degree, because you've seen, like my case, I lost my mom very young to cancer. Mm-hmm. So I'm much more like, oh God, shit, we got to have like high-end benefits. We got to have this, we got to have that. And where I'm more risky on certain types of investments. And my husband is very tax scared, I guess. Is that the way to put it? Like very tax protective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he wants to protect, you know, like, like last thing you want to do is, is something happens to, you know, one of us or both of us. And the tax consequence is a huge burden. So I think it is, I think you're saying exactly the right thing, which is we we all, it should be a collective relationship in this thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of what our products do. Lori, what you're talking about, the estate planning, the legacy, because that is a huge burden. People use these products just to pay off that tax because they don't want to on on their family. So people use that, you know, this is tax-free money. And what the hell is death taxes? I mean, what, what diabolical asshole put that shit in play? I mean, that's just not right. Right. You know, who was that guy or gal? Just the name of it. 
I don't know. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, and that's one of the questions I asked in the, in the pro, you know, the interview with and discussion with people is, Hey, what, how much do you know about taxes? And do you know your 401k? Do you know, you know, the Roth IRA, you know, these different assets you have, do you know, which ones are taxable, which one are not taxable? And majority of people don't really think about that unless they're like your husband, you know, Lori. Yeah. Well, um, you know, or just, some people are just financially savvy and some people aren't, I, you know, I was, I was telling a, a couple of friends, you know, things like the 529, right. It's a tax yeah. for, well, not a tax free, but it's, you know, you start socking it away for your kids college pre-tax dollars and people just some, you just sometimes you just don't know. So it really behooves people to sit down with educated folks like yourself to kind of walk through this stuff. Cause it, it's a hairball. It is. It is. And I, I, you know, my goal is to reach as many people as I can, like, Hey, you know, and obviously you ladies know, I have a soft spot helping women. Um, absolutely. I want to make sure that they know where they're at and where they're going and, and make sure I can help them reach their goals. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's something that everybody should do, but how many people do you know have actually sat down with somebody and, and, you know, done something like that. Right. Not not a lot. And I, you know, there's no fee. I mean, there's no fee. I I obviously get paid, you know, from the company if if something goes through. Um, So there's no fee to do that and talk with me, you know, and and the financial analysis, same thing. You know, I don't charge for that. So you're basically getting a gut check is what I, what I call it. I like that. Are we where we want to be? If it's yes, great. Kudos to you. High five. That's awesome. Let's keep going that direction. If it's a no, okay, this is what we got to do, ladies. Like, this is what's up. This is where we got to go. Um, and let's start reaching and moving towards those goals. And I think people get excited when they say, okay, this isn't as scary and overwhelming as I thought. This has been such good information, Melissa. Is there anything else that we haven't covered or that you want to add to this portion of the segment before we move on? Yeah, sure. You know, I uh, Lori talked a little bit about the 529 products that people use for education. We also have a product that's called the Gift of Life, and it's something that parents and grandparents can get for their children. It sounds like a Disney movie. Gift of Life. It does. <laughs> it have the music, the Disney music yeah. here. Um, but it's something, you know, people can get um, two days after after the, the child born on up. We got one for my daughter, 14. The grandparents are contributing, we're contributing. And what that does is it locks her in at 14. She will never get this good of health rating her entire life. Right. Access to the four living benefit riders, which is really, really important for parents. If their child gets sick, we want to make sure we have as much money as we need. So again, we're putting that risk on the insurance company. And then it's building a cash value product that she will herself eventually be able to contribute for her own retirement. So when she wants to take that money out at around 25, 26, she'll, she's going to have access to cash tax-free. There's no stipulation that it needs to be towards education. She can go travel the world. She can buy a house. She'll have access to that money. So it's a beautiful legacy. You can start it as inexpensive as $25 a month. Oh, so, that's wow. great. That is a great idea. It's, I think my two favorite products, you know, the gift of life and then the um, accelerated benefit riders I mentioned to you. I really, yeah, I just think people need to know about these products because most people don't know. 
Well, know? and I, I think our kids have a hard, have a harder time getting started. And so having that kind of little nest egg is a nice way to get them going, helping them get going in their own little world of investments. That's a great idea. You're teaching them to contribute, you know? Right, right. When she gets a job, she's going to have to, you know, I want her to start contributing. So she understands kind of that forced savings that Lori mm-hmm. was talking about. So you're getting them thinking at a very young age, I need to start planning. I need to start vesting in my future. So I think it's a great product. I'm happy to talk to anybody about it. It's called the gift of life. Excellent. All right. Well, Melissa, we're going to move on to the next segment, but before we do tell us where we can find you out in the big web world. Yes. Um, Melissa C Northway.com. Okay. Melissa M E L I S S A C Northway, just like it sounds. Yes, exactly. And so then I'll have all my information. If people want to set up a invite with me, they want to set up a 15, 30 minute conversation. I'm happy to do that. So they'll have my calendar will be on there as well. And like I said, there's no cost. I, I really am passionate about helping people as many people as I can. So I'm happy to do that. Excellent. Well, perfect. Well, and we'll have all that on our uh, page as well, but thank you so much for covering all that. I feel really good about getting that out there. And I think this is a great carry on episode from the one we did with, with at home nursing care, because a lot of these financial considerations were, were brought up that we just couldn't cover. Oh, gotcha. All right, asshole, you ready to be put in the hot seat? (laughs) For all of you listening, that is her favorite term of endearment. It, that's my COVID term. If I call you an asshole, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. Endearment. Yeah, it's an endearment. Yes. It yes. is. It is. Yes. Let's go. Okay, ready? Okay, so we, we just had some heavy-duty discussion here. So let's take it light. Yes. Yeah? Yes. And yes. as one of your, excuse me, high school besties, I'm, I'm going for the jugular on these. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I'm kidding. Sure. Sure. Okay, we're going to start easy. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Would Santa classify you naughty or nice? Oh, goodness. <laughs> it depends who you're talking to. <laughs> or, or what you're drinking, right? Yes, this, this is true. But I would have to say I'm probably pretty nice most of the time. But yeah, cocktail. Yeah. Okay. I've known the naughty side. Okay. This is a good one. Who would be the one person on the planet you'd want to see naked? Oh my, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Oh gosh. I've had the biggest I, on him and I've actually met him twice now. Ooh. No idea that I'm obsessed with him. John Hamm. Oh, yes, madman, madman. My former life with the interviews with the celebrities, uh, I interviewed him and oh man, girls, he's just as nice looking in person. Probably even better. I find that when I see people live, they seem to be prettier than they are. He seems really hairy. Hairy? I'm hoping he has a manscaper. (laughs) If that moment ever happens for you, I'm hoping that. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring my portable. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay. On to the next. If you were to be invisible for one day, what would you do? Go to John Ham's house. <laughs> Actually, I would love to sit in the uh, the White House in the Oval Room. Oh, where where we we would assume that Biden is, but it's really <laughs> Kamala. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Okay, should I get that out? <laughs> All right, we might edit that one out. 
Um, okay. If you could be someone else for one day, who would you be? Do they have to be living or dead? No, let's, yeah. Well, I hope they're living, but how about the, they have to be alive when you're them, but they don't have to be living as of today. Well, I, 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 don't, well, I don't want a scene from Weekend at Bernie's for you, babe. <laughs> I I love 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 Janice Joplin. Like if oh, I oh yeah, good. One. I could see you as Janice. I would love to be Janice for a day and sing the way she sings. But uh, second favorite would be Stevie Nicks. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Stand back, stand back. Okay, all right. This is the last one. You ready? Uh-huh. Say quizzical quiz. Kiss me quick, fast. Quiz, kiss me. Yeah. Come on, say it fast. If you know you gotta do this if you're, you know. Physical quiz, kiss me fast. Is that right? No, quick. Quick. Say it fast. Physical (laughs) quiz, quick. What? Yeah. Quizzical quiz, kiss me quick. No, okay. I'm sorry. I I can't talk to you about insurance anymore. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Hey, hon, it's been great. And we did have a, we had a power blowage. <laughs> we were just so, we were, our minds were just so blown by the, we were just wow. intense. Yeah, we, we, we went, yeah. So hopefully we caught it all. I'm assuming we did. And I so appreciate your time. Yes. And uh, I appreciate and- you ladies having me on and you guys are doing good work. I love all the different topics you're talking about. I mean, this is all about, this is your platform and reaching women and, you know, about important issues. So, and you're having fun. And we're having fun. We're having yes. fun. Yeah, yeah. We are meeting wonderful people. It's been so great meeting you today. And I see why you and Lori have been such good friends for so many years. So thank you so all right, much. Babe. Thank you so much. Congrats to your daughter. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe.